Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. I love that. I love that. Once you high five three people around you, say, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. And you guys can go ahead and have a seat. You can go ahead and have a seat. I usually have you stand. I'm usually reading scripture to you at the very beginning. But today I'm going to have you seated. I'm going to have you seated. I'm so thankful for you. And I just want to just spend a few seconds right here at the front of the service just telling you how proud I am of you in a day where you could be cuddled up in your bed at your house. You are at church. Come on, tap your neighbor and say, you did good. You did good. You got out the bed. You're here. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, if I've never met you, my name is Dustin. And I get the opportunity just to lead here at Purpose Church. And I'm really thankful for you alongside my wife, Allie, and our family. Again, you could be anywhere else, but you're here, and I'm really thankful for you. And so I just want to tell you really quick, just what A.B. and Damien had set up here a few minutes ago, I want to let you know that we have a lot of great stuff coming uh, here at Purpose Church that I'm excited about. I want to let you know that, again, that not only do we believe in the next generation, we want you to know that on the other side of our walls right now, uh, these walls right here, kids are learning about Jesus on their level. Come on, why don't we let the kids know that we love them, the kids' team. Come on, can we get loud for that? I love that. Right here, we're able to do that. I love that so much. I'm so thankful for our team showing up uh, week in and week out, putting Jesus on the... It's not babysitting. We are literally raising world changers. And we really believe that with all of our heart. Not only that, we're not going to stop at just fifth grade. We believe in those sixth through twelfth grade students. And uh, I'll just tell you, Vibe Night's coming up on Wednesday night. So if you know anybody that's a sixth through twelfth grade student, get them here. It's going to be a great night. Can't wait for that. I'm going to be bringing a message on the GOAT, all right? The greatest of all time. Can't wait to talk about Jesus on Wednesday. Uh, and and I would just ask you, at about 6.30 on Wednesday night, would you just be praying for, like, students to meet Jesus that night? That students would encounter Jesus, that students would hear about the love that Jesus has for them, that he is the greatest of all time, and that he has come to just save them and love them and uh, uh, just wants a relationship with them. So this Wednesday, come on, let's be a praying church on Wednesday, especially for students to know Jesus. And I'll tell you about our, our, our Purpose Young Adults, uh, P-Y-A-P-I, for all the, the 18 to 25-year-olds up in the house. Uh, that's happening every single week at 5 o'clock right here at the lot. And again, I'm just so thankful. And then Big Wednesday, come on, y'all. How much do y'all love worship? I know sometimes you're like, oh, it's over already? Well, here we go. We got a night specifically planned with you in mind, that we're going to be able to have worship together, that we're going to be able to just, just cry out to God and in the middle of the week, right? How many of y'all need a, a good midweek service sometime to get you through the week, right? So we're going to be doing a few of those this year called Big Wednesdays. Can't wait for that. So that's coming up March 30th. Be here that night, all right? And uh, I just want to talk to us today. We're in a series called Miracles. Somebody shout miracles like you need one. Oh, that was good. I like that. And we talked about this. We started it last week. And I just want to tell you, again, we started talking about our finances. And I know when I say that, all of us, including the guy with the microphone in his hand, we get a little bit nervous when we start talking about that. But I want to give you a couple disclaimers, a couple of clarifications really quickly on, on why, why we're doing this. And I want you to understand the reason why we do something, the reason why we're going to communicate to you this idea about finances and why we're going to talk about that is because literally the Bible talks, uh, the, the New Testament, Jesus and, and the New Testament writers spend one third of the entire New Testament literally talking about finances. Did you know that? It's crazy that, that again, if I, it, it, we, we got to talk about it because it's one third of the New Testament. And I also want you to understand the number one reason for divorce in America, you know what it is? It's not communication, it's not anything like that, it's money. The number one reason for anxiety and depression, guess what it is? It's not a job, not necessarily a job, it's not this or that, it's money. And I just believe that if God is going to spend time talking about it, we should be a people that talk about it. And I want everybody just to tap your neighbor, say relax, just say relax, just say relax. Listen, I want, I want to tell you, I always like to give this preface because I want you to know something. We do one extra offering a year. It's at the end of the year called the legacy offering. So we're not going to be like, bless God, in order to keep the lights on in this place. We better pass the buckets today, okay? Not happening, okay? I want you to know that. Because number one, I want you to know, we do not have a, like this, this series is not out of a need that we have, okay? I want us to understand that. I just, I really want to just communicate this to you. That this is not out of need, but I, I really do want this for you. I really want you not waking up in the middle of the night sweating, worried about your finances. 
I really don't want you worried about, man, man we're going to argue over our finances. We're going to argue over this and that. I just don't want that for you. And so we're going to talk about it over the next couple of weeks. And again, we started talking about it last week, this idea. Again, it is not out of need from our church. We cash flowed all of the renovations that happened in this place. We don't have like an overhanging debt that's there, no, no, nothing. We don't have like lots of stuff that we got to do like that. We got a lot of vision out in front of our church. I want you to know that. If this isn't probably the end, I'm not, I'm not expecting this to be the end goal for us, that we have lots of people outside of these four walls that God is calling us to reach. And I want you to know that, but it's not out of need. And number two, I gave you this disclaimer last week, and I'm going to tell you kind of again, is that God does want your money. And I say that, and we may be like, what? What do you mean? Like, no, he don't, right? No, he doesn't, all right? And I'm with you. I understand that. He doesn't need it, but he wants it. You know why? Because of what Luke chapter 12 says. It says this, where your treasure is, where your money is, guess what? There your heart will be also. So for me, in my life, guess what? The, the, a lot of times if I had to look at my own life, where my money is tied up, where my, my energy, my effort is tied up, that's where my heart is also. And God just wants to make sure that, hey, you know what? you got to see yourself not as the owner of it. I'm the owner. you got to see yourself more as a steward. We're going to talk about that today. We talked about that kind of last week, and I told y'all that i got a plan for you. Y'all ready for the plan today? You ready for the plan? About six of you. I said, y'all ready for the plan today? All right, good. Uh, 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 so I, I want you to know, and I want you to write this down. Note takers or history makers. Number, I want you to write down the title of today's message is this idea that we're going to talk about a plan that works. We're going to talk about a plan that works. A plan that works. I'm going to pray for us, and then, man, we're going to jump into it together. All right, Jesus, thank you for today. We love you. We honor you. We lift you up. We're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful for everything that you've done. I mean, God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. And thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we get to just experience you every single day, God. And you're going to use us to make a difference. I can't wait for the plan. Open our eyes. Help us know what we need to do so we can honor you with everything we've got. In Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said a good amen, amen. If you love Jesus, can you make a little bit of noise in this room right now? I like that. I want to take a second and just welcome everybody in that's watching online. Man, we love you guys. We're really glad you're here. Uh, and, and listen, it's just better in the room. I know uh, if you're watching it out of uh, a habit, I'd encourage you to come back. If it's for health, I understand that. But if it's a habit, come on back in the room. Come on. It's better in the room, everybody, right? It's just better be in the room. We'd love to see you next week. That would be awesome. But let me ask you a question. We talked about this last week, and I kind of threw it off to us. And this is an all-skate. I want everybody to participate right here, everybody on the skate and rink floor. Are you ready? How many of y'all get nervous? when you start talking about money. Come on, we can, we can be honest up in this place. Come on, my hands are in that hair, okay? Like I think it's something that we get nervous about. How many of y'all know we talked about this last week? I'm just going to kind of go on a journey again. Where are all the spenders at in the room? Come on, somebody. Y'all, that's you. All right, I'm with you. Where are all the savers at in the room? Come on. That's the people, they single. Marry them, okay? Like, them the, some of y'all got, and I asked you this question last week. I'm just going to kind of bring it up again. Uh, how many of y'all in this place um, would say, you know what? I've had to explain a purchase that I've made before to my significant other, my spouse. Come on, some of y'all like, mm-mm. Some of y'all getting elbowed right now, right? I, I understand. I get that. And again, I want to just, uh, just again, just kind of ask all of us to just relax when we start talking about this because this is not me coming at you, but I want something for you. And I want you to understand that, again, I believe God has a really good plan. How many of y'all have ever seen the movie The A-Team? Or the, 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 was it a TV show at one time or was it just a movie? It's a TV show for all the older people in the room. Okay, all right. All right, I got it. I got it. Okay, I'm there. So, so uh, uh, they, had this, they had this guy. I love the movie that came out with, like, Mr. T, but it was, like, the new version of Mr. T was, um, uh, he was a great actor. I can't think of his name right now. Just having a, that's it, Rampage Jackson. That is him. And he reminds me so much of Mr. T. And I love that movie. If you've ever seen the, the show, you know there's this one guy that's the leader of everything, and his name is Hannibal, Right? And, uh, and what he always says, he says something that I love, and I like sending it as a gift in text messages sometimes. And it's this idea, he says this thing. When there are all these ragtag guys, they kind of just come together, and they do all these crazy missions and all of this. And he says, I love it when a... That's all the old people in the room right there that knew that, right? I like it. You're my people. I love that. I love it when a plan comes together, right? I love it when a plan comes together. And I love sending that gift and text messages and stuff like that. But I love it when a plan comes together. And I love it when God gives us a plan for something, right? And we talked about this last week, Jeremiah 29, 11. God has a plan to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Some people can preach that on the prosperity side. Some people can preach that on the poverty side. I'm not going to preach that on either side of that. We're going to be 
right down the middle in the generosity side. And I really do believe that God has a plan. And we, you and I, if we would just institute that, it's a two-step plan. I think it's really simple and hard at the very same time. Are you ready for the plan? About two of you, really, that time. Is anybody ready for the plan? All right, here we go. I want you to write it down. The very first thing I'm going to encourage you with is two steps. The very first thing is this. you got to understand, you got to know what a tithe is. And I want us to understand that, 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 that a tithe literally means, and write this down, it's right there on the screen, a tithe is a tenth. Somebody say a tenth. All right, I know people have said a tithe before, and they said t- a, t- a tithe, T-I-D-E. Come on, somebody, like wash your clothes in it. Uh, like, like that, but, but it's the tithe, T-I-T-H-E, and I want us to understand that this comes in the Older Testament. There is a principle that is there, and I, I'll, I'll get to that in just a second. But I want you to see all throughout Scripture this idea that there is a tithe. And go back all the way to Leviticus chapter 27. Verse 30, the Bible says this, that a tithe of everything from the land, whether from grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. See, this is an an agriculture society. People are are, are always uh, there working out in the fields. And what we see right there in Leviticus chapter 27 is a tithe, a tenth of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. Then watch what it says. It is holy. Somebody shout holy. Holy to the Lord. So the tithe is holy to the Lord. And I know we know that word, holy. We've talked about it before. We sing about it a lot of times. But did you know that that word, if you go back to the original language, what it is when you say the word holy, it means to literally to set apart. It means that this is different, right? This is, this, is, this is set apart. This is on another level. And so when we're talking about God, when we're singing about God, and, you know, the angels are, are gathered around the throne, they are singing holy, 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 right? You've got to understand that they are saying, and what we are saying when we are saying, God, you are holy, is you are on another level. God, you are, you are, you are on another level. You are, diff- you are set apart from me. You are, you are God, and I am not, right? So the same thing can be said right here when it's saying, hey, a tithe is holy to the Lord. And so what that is saying is that the tithe is actually different. The first tenth is different than the other 90% of yours and my income. And so it's holy unto the Lord. So I'm a visual learner. Y'all okay with that? Can we learn visually together? Because my ADHD, if you can't tell, yes, I'm the real pastor, and there's not an older guy coming back next week, like, coming out of my place. Okay, just, just to clarify all of that, okay? I think that's something that some people ask, like, are you the real pastor? Yes, okay? Um, so I want to just clarify something really fast and show you um, this idea that we have, whoop, my breaking. we have the bag. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all love apples up in here? Come on. How many of that was your favorite fruit was the apple? All right. Uh, okay. So good. Yeah. And then uh, if you got apple products, come on, bless you. All right. Just kidding. So, so let's talk about it really quick. I think a lot of times what we want and what we talk about is the fact that we want to secure the bag, right? We want to make our money. We want to do all of that. That's what this represents together. Okay. So this is our bag. And again, I want to just kind of teach us for just a second. The very first thing that hits my hand. This is a green apple. I want you to understand it's different. It's supposed to be holy. It's supposed to be set apart. This right here is what I would be considering the tithe. Why, why would we do this? Why would we say, hey, you know what? Why are we setting this aside? Why is this something that we're going to do? Malachi chapter 3 says this. They call it the first fruits a lot of times. And so, again, I want us to understand that Malachi chapter 3 tells us that we're to return the tithe, the first 10%, to the local church. The, the storehouse is what it calls it. And again, we'll talk about that in just a second. And I have to understand that this first tenth, this first one that my hands hit, listen, y'all, this is not mine. It belongs to God, and we are to return it to the storehouse. So, so again, why, why is it the first? Why, why do I put it first? How many of you know that what you and I do first says a lot about who we love and also who we trust? Right, think about it just in my family's perspective, right? If I tell Allie I love you, I'm so thankful for you, but then I put everything and everybody else in front of Allie, what do y'all think about Allie's really response to my thought of me loving her, right? No, no, no. You're saying that, but your actions don't really back it up, right? And I think that can be so true in so many of our lives. And I want you to write this down. I want you to write it down because note takers, again, are history makers. The order of your life affects the outcome of your life. 
I want you to know that the order of your life affects the outcome, uh, outcome of your life. Think about it. Kind of what, what I want to tell you, good job for coming to church today because in essence, you are setting aside the first day of the week to say, you know what? I, I'm going to set it aside for the Lord. I'm going to set the first day. I'm going to have my family in church. I'm going to be in church, and I'm going to declare, you know what? This week, I want God's blessing on the whole. I, I just want to be a part. I'm going to set the first day of my week to the direction of God this week. So tap your neighbor. Say, you really did good being here today. Come on. Go ahead. And let them know. <clears throat> I think it's a big deal. I think you understand it's a big deal that we come to church, that we gather together. You know why? Because we're ultimately saying, you know what, God, I'm going to give you. I could do I could do this all on my own. I could figure it out. But I'm going to come be around some other people. I'm going to get my faith lifted. I'm going I'm to spend time with you throughout the rest of the week as well. But I'm going to sit the first day of the week aside, right? So in essence, you're doing that with your time today. I love that. I would just encourage some of you. We've talked about it in the past, this idea of first 15, Right, where we talk about, hey, spend five minutes, the first 15 minutes after you wake up, spend five minutes in the Word, right, reading your Bible, spend five minutes in prayer, and spend five minutes in worship. Y'all, that's a half of a Hillsong song like we talked about before, right? You ain't even going to make it through a whole song, okay? But would you start there? And as you begin to start there, what begins to happen is God begins to transform your heart. And he says, okay, I'm, I'm, God, I'm giving you the first of my day. So as soon as I step up in the morning, I'm going to our chicken barns that we have I am going there and I'm saying, okay, God, I'm giving you today. Like, today is yours. It's all about you. I'm listening to the word read over me. I'm listening to, to worship. I'm praying. I'm doing all this. I'm going to spend the first 15 minutes honoring God, saying, God, you can have the rest of this day. I'm setting the trajectory for the rest of my day. Okay, so I'm going to encourage you. Do that this week. Start beginning to do that every single day. That You would just set kind of this, this idea. Now, don't be legalistic about it. Like, you don't have to do it in the morning. But just as you wake up, begin to say, God, today is yours. God, I'm going to start by giving it yours. I'm going to start by giving you the first. You're not going to get kind of the leftovers and what's at the end of my day. I'm going to start by giving you my very best. Even the Bible says this, that you and I, we got to seek first. Somebody shout first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. So seek first God's kingdom. God, what do you want me to do today? God, how do you want me to go to my job today? God, how do you want me to steward my family today? God, I'm going to seek you first. I'm going to seek your righteousness. I'm going to seek your kingdom. Then all that other stuff will be added unto me. And so I think about it too. So many times in our life we're looking around and we want financial momentum, but guess what? God is not first. God is not first in our life. And when it comes to your bag, the first thing that your hand would hit, let's, guess what? This first 10%, it actually doesn't even belong to me. And again, if we bought into this idea that God is the owner of everything, as we talked about last week in Psalms 89, uh, verse 11, the Bible says that the heavens are yours, the earth is yours, and everything, somebody say everything, everything in the world is yours, you created it all. Like if we really do believe that, then you have to understand that this idea of me giving back to God, it's not really giving, I'm actually returning what is already his. I'm actually just returning what is, and I know on our, on, our, our, on our envelopes that we have for giving here at Purpose Church, it says give on it. Maybe we need to change that to return. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like we are able to return what to God, what is his. Now he's trusted us with the bag. He's trusted us with the job. He's trusted us with the income. And that first thing that hits my hand, I want to return it to the, to the Lord. And again, it is set apart. It is holy. And so when we get paid, let's talk about it really quick. When we get paid... Um, what happens is we have that first 10% that we kind of set aside, that we say, God, this is holy unto you. And then guess what? God, even though he owns everything out there, come on, he still says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let you steward the rest of these things, right? I'm going to let you have these. There's four. There's five, six, seven. All right. Let's see. Eight. Nine. All right, cool. So we got a little extra here. We're going to put that in this. Here. Okay. All right. All right. So as you see right here, I'm a visual learner, so go with me really quick. So imagine this is your entire, uh, what you bring home whenever you get paid, right? Whether it's every week, whether it's every other week, whether it's every month, whether some of y'all still waiting to get paid. Come on, somebody. Like, you're just ready to get paid. Whatever it might be. I want us to understand this is kind of how, if we look at it, we need to see this. Is this is all God's 
but I'm giving him the first 10%, and then watch what he's doing. I got 90% right here that God is going to trust me with, that it's our job to steward, which is what we're going to be kind of the second plan, part of the plan we'll talk about in a second, that our job is to manage, that our, God is to, or our job is to take care of what God has given us. And I think there's so many refutes to this idea of tithing out there that some people say, hey, you know what, that's Older Testament under the law. I don't have to do it. I'm under grace. I'm under the New Testament. I don't have to do that anymore. Let me teach you for just a second. Can I teach you really quick? Everybody good? This means yes in Kentucky. Come on. All right. Yeah. Let me teach you for just a second. I want you to know, yes, the tithe comes in the Older Testament. I want you to know, though, that it actually predates the law. So before the law was ever there, before the law of Moses was ever presented, before the Ten Commandments and all the things that we had to do back in the day in order to like have right standing with God, guess what? This, this principle of the tithe, of giving a tenth of everything, actually shows up 430 years before this ever happens. Before the law of Moses, before the Ten Commandments are ever introduced. And so I want to show it to you. It's in Genesis chapter 14, verse 20. And this is what the Bible says. It says, And praise be to God most high who delivered your enemies into your hands. Then watch what Abram says. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Abram later became Abraham. This is right here in Genesis chapter 14. Then Abraham, Abram gave him a tenth, a, a tithe of everything. So Abram said, hey, hey, you know what, God? You've blessed me, and so in order for me to put you first, I'm going to return the tithe to you, right? So I don't want to build a theology just on one verse, right? Let me give you another one. Everybody okay with that? Genesis chapter 28. This is still pre-law. This is pre-before uh, the law of Moses that comes down requiring us to you know, obey all of these things and do all these things. This is before that. So I want us to understand it is a principle that you and I should take into consideration. Genesis 28 verse 22. It says this, and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. This is Jacob actually speaking. And Jacob right here has built God's house in a place called Bethel. Somebody shout Bethel. Right? You may have heard that before. You may have heard of that place. And he says this, and all that you've given me, God, guess what I will do? I will return to you a tenth. I will return to you a tithe. And so Jacob is bringing the tithe to God's house. So not only know that it's a tenth, not only do we know that, but we also know even pre-law where it actually belongs, being God's house. So again, I want you to know it is very true that you and I live under grace and the law requiring us to tithe has been nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ, thankfully, right? We don't have to do it in order to earn right standing with God is the fact that you and I, we get to give. And again, as we talk about last week. I'm not giving in order to get. I'm giving in order to give. Like that is one thing we want to be about. And tithing is a biblical practice that comes long before the law ever shows up and it's apart from the law. And so just like God gave you and I communion as a reminder of what Jesus did on the cross with his body being broken and his blood being shed for us. And the fact is that there is an empty tomb. That's what God gave us to remind us. Do this in remembrance of me. That's what communion is. Just like God gave us the Sabbath day and told us, hey, keep it holy so you realize that you're not in control, that you're not in control of everything. He did the same thing in giving us tithing, that he is our source, he is our supply, and that everything comes from him. Come on, if you believe that, can we give God a big shout of praise all over this place? I believe that. And I want us to understand this came in pre-law, before the law was ever instituted. Then, then people say, well, Jesus never talked about it. Well, if Jesus did talk about it, would you consider it? I think our answer would probably be yes, right? Okay, Jesus said it, let me, let, then, I, then I'll consider it. Okay, fast forward to the New Testament, Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. Watch this, he's talking to the, uh, the Pharisees, the religious law, the guys that kept that Old Testament law really well, to a T. Watch what happens. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from the herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Watch what he says. You should tithe, yes. Somebody say yes. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. You know what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, you are to tithe, yes, but that's just the floor, not the ceiling to what I'm calling you to do. Like, yes, you should tithe, but man, you got to have some love, you got to have some faith, you got to have some mercy, you got to be willing to do all of those things if you're going to do it my way. 
is what Jesus is saying. So I think that's so great for you and I to understand is that if we want to do it the way that Jesus says it, if we want to do it the way where we're trusting him, the reason God wants it first is if God, if I'm going to give you this, guess what it does? It's that I'm going to have to trust you with the rest of this. Like if I, if I really am going to set that aside as holy, as set apart, then I'm going to have to trust the rest of the way down, down on the rest of my 90% that you've given me. And God is saying, hey, I don't want to be second. I don't want to be fourth. I want to be, your, I, I want to be first. I want to be first in your life. Again, where my treasure is, and I won't say your, I'll say my, because this is just as important for me. Where my treasure is, there my treasure, my heart will be also. So I want to make sure that I'm honoring God by, by taking that first tenth and saying, you know what, God? It is yours. Now think about this. If all of us who call ourselves Christ followers, if you and I would just consider this basic principle that came before the law, that God obviously fulfilled, and the fact that, that Jesus Christ came, he's saying, yeah, yeah, do that. I'm going to take it even a step further. Like, don't just do that and think you're all good. No, do that and then do these things, right? That's what Jesus did. He took the law, he fulfilled it, and then he took it a step further. Right? If you ever noticed that, like he didn't just say, no, the law doesn't matter. He said, no, 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 Don't, the law told you not to kill anybody, but I'm telling you, like, if you look at somebody and you hate them in your heart, you've already committed murder. So not only is he, like, saying, like, don't forget that. He's not saying that. He's saying, you know what, I'm going to take it even a step further than what you're used to, than what you've even heard. So Jesus right here, when it comes to tithing, I believe if we would just get this principle, I believe, uh, and we've done some research and found some research online for some friends that have this stuff, that have, have looked it up. And I want to show you that if there were, if everybody that professes to be a Christ follower, if you and I would tithe, I just want to show you the, the things that in this world that we see is like, oh my gosh, somebody should do something about that, that we as a church, as the church of Jesus Christ, that we would have plenty of stuff to eradicate some stuff that we look around and don't like. I don't know about you, I don't like looking around the world and seeing people that are starving to death to this day. I don't know about you, but like we're in the 21st century. What in the world, how in the world do we live in a place where people can't even afford food? Like how in the world do we live in a place where they can't even find good, solid drinking water, right? That's stuff that we take for granted so many times. But again, if we would put this into practice, if all people who call themselves Christians would just simply give, say, you know what, I'm going to give my 10%, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tithe, I'm going to give it to God as if it's holy. Watch what could happen if the church would do that. Watch, this is what, the, uh, this is what uh, research has shown us, is that $25 billion could relieve global hunger, starvation, and deaths from preventable diseases in five years. If everybody that tithed, if everybody that, that, that calls themselves Christians would do that, there would be enough money to say, you know what, we're throwing $25 billion to end hunger, starvation, and deaths from preventable diseases, right? I want to think that's crazy. Then you keep going. $12 billion could eliminate illiteracy in five years. That $15 billion could solve the world's uh, water and sanitation issues. And there's places around the world, specifically about a billion people who live on less than a dollar a day, that if everybody who calls themselves Christ followers, if we would just do this basic principle of tithing, that we could eradicate that together. That's pretty incredible to me. I don't know about y'all. This is kind of eye-opening type stuff. One billion could actually fully fund all overseas missions. Like everything that's happening over on the other side of the pond, right? Like the overseas mission work, we could literally take care of that completely. And then at the very end, watch this. We would still have 100 to $110 billion still left over to do ministry. So I want us to see this. I want us to get this picture because you know why? God's plan works. That God's way works, and this has got to be on the part of you and I. I'm including myself in this. Let me, let me shout to you real quick. That guess what, if we would do our part, if we would say, you know what, God, I'm going to do what you call me to do. I'm going to be a part of that. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give that first tenth. I'm going to give that first fruit to you. And I'm going to trust you with the rest of it. If we would do that, man, I just really believe that God's plan works and we can see a lot of things happen in Jesus' name. But let me just share it with you. And I think most people, let's just be honest, I really do believe that most people want to be able to do that. Honestly, I do. I really do believe that most people want to honor God with their finances. I'm like the cup is always half full guy. You know, like that's just who I am. I'm really believing that people want to be able to do that. But maybe they follow the plan that, that kind of has them sideways or in a weird position or they're feeling the pressure. But they've never applied this principle. And I'm going to encourage you if you would apply the principle today before the pressure comes tomorrow. Like apply the principle today before the pressure shows up tomorrow. 
And I would encourage you to do that. I want to tell you three things that tithing reinforces in my life, in your life. If we would be willing to do that, I'm just going to be honest. There's three things that the tithe does for us. Number one, if you're ready, say I'm ready. A little couple little bullets really quick, bullet points. Number one, it reinforces a God-first life. See, I'll just be honest. Every time that you and I get paid, we have a question, that we, a test that we got to pass. And it's this question of, hey, who do you trust? And the fact is, is the thing that I, I want to just say in my own life, so many times, you know what? Like, is it the mortgage company? Are they first in my family? Are they first in my life? God is saying, hey, do you trust Netflix over me? Oh, I know you're not amening, but I'm going to keep preaching it anyway. Come on, somebody, right? I'm going to keep going. Is that all right? Everybody okay? Everybody just say, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. All right. I'm saying this because I want to just encourage you what tithing is. It reinforces a God first life. Every time our family gets paid, you know what? We have a test and we say, you know what? We are going to honor God with the very first thing that happens. The very first bill that we, that we have is we are not, not even a bill, but we are going to return to God. The tithe is what it's going to be for us. And again, I think most people want to do that. They're just, they, they've done a plan that may not be the way that they thought and it's got them in a position, but would you start with returning the tithe? It reinforces this idea that I'm going to put God first in my life. Number two, everybody shout number two it's gonna protect me from selfish living right let's call it what it is listen y'all there's some how many y'all know there's some cool stuff we can buy out there you know what I'm saying anybody in the room like cool stuff come on right I know everybody's like what do I say right now I'm like oh my toes hurt you know stomping on them and uh like like go with me how many y'all see some cool stuff out there that you want to buy come on I like stuff I'm just telling you I like stuff there's nothing wrong with having stuff Whatsoever, I think so many times, it's again, it's either the prosperity gospel or the poverty gospel. Now, you shouldn't have anything. No, no, no. That's not necessarily the case. I want you to understand that there is a lot of cool stuff out there. Your boy sees a lot of stuff that, man, I wish I could buy. And, and what it does as, as I tithe, as we give, it says, you know what? It's protecting me from this idea that I'm putting all of my hope, all of my identity in the stuff of this world. Because I don't know about you, and if you think about it, all of this stuff is going to fade. All this stuff is going to be gone. But the Word of God will remain forever. And so for me, I just need to just, as I tithe, as we give, it begins to say, you know what? Hey, it's not about you. It's not all about selfishness. How many of y'all know in our society, we need a little bit less about all ourselves, okay? Like, let's be honest. We really do. And, and again, I just think we, we, we don't... What, what, we don't need more finances to be about us because Dave Ramsey says this all the time. He says what happens is, is that we buy things we don't need with money we, don't, we ain't got to impress people that we don't even like. Come on, somebody, right? That's so true, right? I'm, I'm there with you. I, I spend money on things trying to impress other people, and it, it, I, don't need, I don't even like them or they don't like me or I don't even know them, right, whatever it might be. And, and I just want us to understand, I'm trying to preach this to us, because I don't want you lying awake at night anymore, sweating, anxious, depressed about your finances. Man, I, I'm called to be your pastor. I'm called to shepherd you if you call Purpose Church home. And I just want to just kind of, uh, again, the chief shepherd being Jesus, but man, the local uh, being able to just walk you through some stuff. And sometimes I have to pull you out of some areas where, man, you may not need to be, and i got to call some things out of you. And I just want to encourage some of you today. I'm, I don't want to see one more divorce happen over something financially. I don't want that for you. I don't want any of that for you. So I want to encourage you. God is saying, hey, I have a plan. Put this plan into practice. Trust me in it, as Malachi chapter 3 says. And if you'll trust me here, I will take care of the rest. That's what a tithe also does to me. If you will start with a tithe, it begins to redeem the rest. Did you know that, that, that literally theologians call Jesus the tithe? Theologians really call Jesus the tithe, meaning the fact that God sent his first to redeem the rest. And we see that often, all, all throughout the Bible, that Jesus was given in order to bring us back to a relationship with God, to redeem us to God. Is anybody in the room thankful for Jesus, right? Is there anybody that's thankful for him? I'm thankful. But I want to tell you as well, the Bible says this about our tithe, that if we will set it apart as holy, we'll say, God, this, I'm returning it to you. It's all yours anyway. Allie can't touch it. I can't touch it. Our kids can't touch it. No, no, no. This is we are going to return it to you. And, and then I want, to, I want to say this again. I really do feel like most people want to do this. I, I want you to understand that. As, as your pastor, I want you to know that I, I really do believe that a lot of people want to be generous. 
that they want to be able to give. But I, I think so many times what happens, whether it's the pressure that comes in or it's the calendar schedules that get crazy, and I just want to invite you to do something that Allie and I do. Are y'all good? Let me invite you to do something that Allie and I do. We automate it. We automate it. And I want to tell you really quickly, Allie and I have decided that we are not going to let the pressure, uh, our calendars, our circumstances, the fact that my ADHD forgets, right? We're not going to let any of that keep us from making sure that our family and our kids know that the Lord is first in our family. That he is number one. That we're not a us first family. That we are our God first family. And we automate it and we say, you know what? The first Friday of every month, our tithe is coming out. And again, I, I, and I'm going to say this, and I, it, may, it may sting a little bit, but just take it as, again, I love you so much. I don't want to automate Netflix and leave God's portion up for chance. I, I, I don't want to, isn't it weird that what I would do is say, you know what, I'm going to trust the mortgage company and automate it with that or direct TV, but I'll leave it up to like, to, if I want to tie, if I feel like it. And I just want to challenge some of us today. Maybe that's something you need to do is just to automate it because, again, I want to encourage you, God is responsible for outcome. We are responsible for obedience. Okay, so just, we are responsible. He has given us responsibility. And I'm going to encourage you, make a decision this week. If you see yourself as a steward, if you really see it, that, that all of it really is God's, I'm going to trust God with this, and I'm going to steward the next 90%, which is what the second part of the plan is. If you're ready for it, write it down. Stewardship equals managing the other 90%. There's different guys that you can follow out there that say what you know different things about managing the, the money that you and I have. And, and, and again, once I return the tithe, once I return the first tenth, our job is to steward and to manage the other nine red apples. Everybody good? Everybody following so far? Okay, and there's some things that we probably need to input into our vocabulary. Y'all ready? Everybody good? This may sting a little bit, may sound like a cuss word up in your house. You ready? A budget. Oh. May need a budget, okay? Right? We may need a budget. We may need to start saving some. Ooh, that's hard right there, right? We may need to talk a little bit about Dave Ramsey. Oh, that's a cuss word for sure in somebody's house. You know what I'm saying? Dave, that's a cuss word. Right? Like, like we may need to do some things like that because that is part of stewardship. That is part of you and I saying, you know what? I, I, I've been entrusted that God is trusting me with this right here. And if I thought it was all mine, that's one thing, but I know that this is all his, and I just want to be honest. I'm going to spend it, save it, invest it differently, knowing that this is all God's anyway. right? Maybe that will keep some of us from investing in sin that we shouldn't be in when we know that God is, hey, it's all God's money anyway. It's all God's finances. This God, I'm God's anyway. Like, I'm, I'm, I gave my life to God. Like, like, like man, I, I've got to honor him. I've got to steward him with my life, with my finances, whatever it might be. And so I want you to know, again, if you and I saw our red apples as they were already God's anyway, wouldn't you think that we would spend it a little bit differently if we were spending God's money? I'm going to go with yes, okay, right? Like, like all of us would. So I think about that, and I want to just throw this out there to you. Part of stewardship, and this may hurt a little bit as well, is this idea that you and I may need to, and it's going to get deep real quick. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Spend less than you make. Yikes. This microphone is hot. Okay. <laughs> Spend less than you make, right? And I know I'm coming to some people right now, and I, I've been in this seat so many times where I'm spending way more money than I'm making. Or did you know that the average American spends 120% of their income every month? That's why there's no reason, no, 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 like, I, the, the average credit card debt's like $16,500. No reason. No, I mean, no, no wonder it isn't because of the fact that we're spending 120% of what we're making every single month. So I want to challenge some of you if you want to steward it well, steward what God has given you. Listen, I, and I want to kind of give you a visual if you're ready for it. This is kind of one of those things. I'm going to kind of move this over here. What happens and what begins to happen in our life is the fact that you and I, uh, we have like this basket, which is kind of can just kind of say is our life together, right? It's our life. And what begins to happen is you and I, as we, we have income that's coming in, and this lifestyle that we have is this basket. And I think about it really quick. And what we begin to do is we begin to try and fill uh, the lifestyle that we want to live and the, 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 the things that we want to do and uh, all the things that we feel like we're, we're entitled to or whatever it might be. And we try to fill it with our basket. But if you know anything about how big this basket is, you know that those 10 apples did not fill this basket up, right? 
Right? And what happens is, is so many times in mine and your life, what we do is what we, we try to say, you know what, I, I, I want to say yes. I want to say yes to the opportunities that God puts in front of me. I, I want to be generous, but, but so many times what we're doing is we're, we're spending a lot more than we're making. And, and when we have a basket that is this size, guess what begins to happen? Is there's always lack. There's, always, there's never margin. There's never any room for, like, like, you get one half of a bill that's off a little bit. And it's like, oh my gosh, what are we supposed to do, right? And what this does is uh, this, this puts a lot of fear inside of people. If I'm being honest, I've lived, Allie and I have lived like this before. Right, where we were spending more than we were making. Like we've lived here and we've said, okay, hey, uh, you know, and, and what it is, let's just call it what it is really quick, is the fact that this box is what everybody sees, right? And, and we're willing to invest in what everybody sees. I want to make sure they know how big the house is, how nice the car is, how all of that. That's what everybody sees. And at the end of the month, what happens is I am overstretched. I am fearful. I'm freaking out. I'm living with no margin. And I can't say yes to anything that God asked me to do, really. Anybody ever been there? You ain't got to raise your hand, but anybody ever been there? I think we all have. And, and so some of us, this is going to be another stinger today for you, but I want to encourage you, spending less than you make is going to involve a thing called cutting. That may be what some of you need to do this week. Everybody okay? All right. Just trying to help us out a little bit because I know what this feels like. I know what this feels like, and this is pressure. And this is stress, and this is anxiety. No wonder we're stressed out about it. No wonder we're, we're freaking out about it. No wonder we're arguing about it. And I just want to challenge some of us in this room. Maybe the thing that you need to do this week is you need to sell the car. My, let's pray and get out of here today. All right. Uh, man, welcome to Purpose Church. This is great. Um. I just, I'm trying to help you. I hope you know that. Like, this is not out of need. I'm trying to help you. And I want you to know, maybe some of you need to cut this week. Maybe you need to sell the car. Maybe you need to sell the designer clothes out your closet. We have a, we have a house for our clothes. It's called a closet. <laughs> you know? Maybe we need to delete that DoorDash app. Come on, I'm on somebody's toes right now. <laughs> Murray Eats has got to go right now, you know, because... We're eating out every night, like, boy, I was good with all that till you start talking about my food, you know what I'm saying? Like, cousin Noah, at 930 at night, I want that pizza from Baldi's delivered. Come on, somebody, right? How's it know that? And I think about that, and I want you to know that maybe it's going to involve a cut where you are. Maybe it's going to involve you doing that, but I think about you, and I think about your family, and I want you to understand that the moment that you downsize your basket, the moment you downsize your budget, guess what? You upgrade your margin. See there? So what I want you to understand, the moment that you downgrade your basket, the moment that you decide to say, I'm going to spend less than I make, is the moment that you immediately upgrade your margin. So what I want us to see is this is the visual. My ADHD self goes there. So I want you to see it. I want you to know it. That this is what happens when you and I decide to say, well, you know what? I'm going to cut. I'm going to pull back. I'm going to, spend, I, I'm going to steward what God has called me to steward. Now think about what Matthew, or Luke chapter 16, I'm sorry, in verse 10 says this. It says, whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. So if you and I, if we're not stewarding what God has given us at the 90% that he's given us, if we can't do that, I'm going to encourage you. I want you to know that sometimes we're going to look at that and say, oh, well, man, I can't, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. There's no way that I'm going to be able to, like, be able to cut that. There's no way that I'm going to be able to, like, to be able to give. And I think for so many of us, what we begin to think about is, and, and if I'm being honest in my life, there's some of us in this room that, you know what, you've already had the faith to sow. You just haven't had the faith to be a good steward on the other side. Maybe some of us need the faith this week to be a good steward of what God has given us. Maybe some of us need to take that first step and say, you know what, I am going to give for the first time. I am going to step into that season of faithfulness where I'm asking God, God, would you help, help build my faith because I'm giving. And I don't, I don't know what it's going on. I don't know what, now again. I want you to understand, I love that God is a percentage type giver. He's not expecting all of us to give the same amount. He's expecting a percentage. Not expecting it, but I want you to know he's given us a percentage. And I like that. I appreciate that. Because either one of us, all of us are, are, are differently leveled, skilled in, in life and different opportunities and, and make different amounts. And I want you to know that, again, what happens is, is that if you downgrade 
what's going on, what you're spending your money on, you immediately upgrade your margin. See, before, you didn't have any margin. Before, you had nothing left over. But now you've got more than you had in the basket. It's coming out the top. And, and I think about that, and I think so many of us, what happens is sometimes is we think, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give the tithe, but then we be a bad steward. And the next thing you know is we blame it on the tithe. Say, I have enough money. It's because you were a bad steward all, all month long. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's work on stewardship. I think God is into stewardship. I think he's into, hey, take care of what I've given you now. And if, I, if you take care of that, I can trust you with a little more. Hey, those, that family of yours, man, take care of it now. Spend time with them now. Invest in them now. Make memories now. I can trust you with a little more. Man, that job, do well in that job. Whatever that job may look like, again, excellence is our ordinary. Whether we're sweeping a floor, whether we're turning a wrench, whether we're, we're writing prescriptions, whatever it might be, do as if you're doing it unto the Lord. And if you do that, and as you do that, I just want to encourage you that, that what God is going to ask you to do is to steward what he's given you. And then I want to just kind of show you a little bit more uh, uh, when, when it comes to this. Again, I have an abundance. I have more than I need, right? I have more than I need. And what I want you to know is that you and I have, uh, when, we, when we downgrade a little bit on our margin, we start living within our means. Now, I believe that there's blessing on the other side of that. And I believe that the blessing is not just for me. The blessing is so that you can be a blessing. And let me encourage somebody real quick. Let me, let me free you up really quick. There's nothing wrong with you having some stuff. That okay? Everybody good with that? It's okay to go to Disney. I just don't want you to go to Disney on a credit card. Come on, somebody, right? So I want that for you. I, I, I don't want you to do that. I, I, I want you to have some freedom. I want you to have some margin. And I want to encourage you that, that literally when you and I are blessed, we are blessed to be a blessing. All right? And I'm going to show you something. I've been practicing that like all week long. I'm sorry. Does this make y'all really nervous that I'm handling a really sharp knife and I have lots of hand movements? Okay, I'm going to set that down for just a second. So what I want you to understand is that you and I are blessed to be a blessing, right? I think about Abram in the Bible. Abraham, what happened was when his name, before his name was changed, watch what happens in Genesis chapter 12 verse 2. It says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you, watch this, you won't be blessed for yourself. You won't be blessed just because, it, you know, you build your, yourself bigger houses and bigger stores and bigger barns and all that. No, no, no. He's saying, you know what? I'm going to bless you, and you will be a blessing to others. So what I want you to do is this right here, when you get some margin in your life, allows you to say yes to the things that God asks you to do. And what begins to happen is, is that I'm going to set this down. Everybody good? I mean, y'all real nervous right now. I'm sorry. What begins to happen is right there when we're looking at that, and we say, you know what? I've had more than I need. I'm now called to go out and influence other. I'm, I'm now called to go be a blessing for other people. Who wants an apple? I know I touched it, but anybody want one? Come on, let's just take that right there. Anybody love apples? Anybody want? Oh, Maddie, you're coming. It's coming to you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that one's on the floor. Anybody else? Anybody else? Back row. Let's get it. All right. All right. One more. One more. One more. We got like, I feel like I'm Oprah. You get an apple, and you get an apple. Everybody else? Oh, trip right there. That may be a noggin. All right. If you love apples, won't y'all prove it? Eat it. Come on. Come on. Eat that thing right now. Nice job, trip. I love that. I like that. I love it. But see what happens? Is when we downgrade, when, when we steward what God has given us well, guess what? Other people get to enjoy the blessing that God has given us. That we get to go out there and we get to sow things that we never knew we had before. And we get to share when we didn't have the margin that we have for. That we are blessed to be a blessing. And is there anybody thankful for a God that loved them enough to say, you know what? I will send my son for you. He's going to be a tithe. He's going to be my firstborn and he's going to redeem the rest. That's the person that we get to serve. And guess what? It's not for our glory. It's not for my fame. It's not for anything of my own. It's to honor and glorify. I'm blessed to be a blessing so that I can point people back to Jesus. Come on. If you believe that, why don't you jump up on your feet and give God a big shout of praise all over this place. Come on. Jump up on your feet. Give him a shout of praise one more time. And I want to tell you really fast is that maybe some of you are in this room and you've never said yes to that Jesus before. You've never said yes to the relationship that Jesus is offering you and I. And I just want to just tell you really fast that, again, uh, the, the reason why we preach, the reason why we give, the reason why we do that, again, it's not to earn salvation. It's not to earn anything. You know why it's for? 
It's because uh, the reason we, we don't have to do it. We can't do that. We can't earn it. We can't be good enough. But there was a guy named Jesus who came down from heaven and said, you know what? I'll take the punishment. I'll live a perfect life. And guess what? Uh, uh, returning a tithe, that's great. But he wants your life more than he wants anything else. He wants your heart more than he wants anything else. And so maybe you're in this room or maybe you're watching online and you say, you know what, I, I need Jesus in my life. I need him to forgive me. This is the gospel in 30 seconds. Are you ready? It's the fact that Jesus came, that you and I were sinners. Even while Christ died, he came for us. Like even while we were sinning, Christ died in my spot. And I want you to know that there is a payment that had to be make and made, and Jesus was the perfect payment for that. And I just want to extend the offer because he's extended it to me and to you. Maybe you're in this room and you've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus. Well, today can be that day that you say yes to that relationship. So everybody in here, if it's safe for you, bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're watching online, would you just take a moment just to reflect on your life and just say, hey, Jesus, do I have a relationship with you? Maybe you're in here and you don't and you've never said yes to that relationship with Jesus. I'm going to ask you that today will be the day that you do that. That today will be the day that you say, yes, God, I'm going to give you my life. And you can say something like this. You can say, dear Jesus, I want you to come in my life. I want you to save me. I want you to set me free. I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you gave your life for me. And I want to give you mine today. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for saving me. Today I put my trust in you. And if that's you and you're watching online or you're in this room and you said that word for word or you said that, uh, you said something like it, but you meant it in your heart, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If that's you and you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to ask you, on the count of three, I'm going to have some friends up here at the front, our prayer team. They're incredible people, and they're already there in their places. And then our team is going to end up moving to the kind of the outer walls as well. So you're not even the only one moving. Maybe you're in this room, and you just prayed to receive Jesus today. And you just said yes to him saving you from your sin. I'm going to ask you to move on the count of three. And go see our friends up here that's at the front. That's our care team. They love, they love you. They want to give you a Bible. They want to celebrate because, man, it is a big deal when one person comes to know Jesus. So we're not going to embarrass you. not going to call you out. But if that's you and you just said yes to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to move on the count of three. Our team is going to move. Uh, go see one of these guys and gals up here in the front if that's you. One, two, three. And if you're watching online, I want to ask you just to text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. That would be awesome. That would let us know. If it's you, would you move right now? Would you move right now? I love that. I love that. I love that. I believe we've had some people even accept Jesus over the last couple weeks online, followed up with them, and, man, they have said yes to Jesus. And so that's the, that's the incredible what God can do. So I love that. Why don't we lift our heads, Purpose Church, and can we put our hands together and give God the biggest salvation of worship that we've given them all the way. Come on. Y'all can do better than that. Let's give it up for King Jesus. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, I want you to high five three people around you. Say, I'm so glad you're here. So glad you're here. So glad you're here. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.